One, two, three, four. Screen time, screen time, screen time, screen time. It's my screen time too. Welcome to It's My Screen Time 2, the podcast where two moms review the best and worst in children's programming, from Netflix reboots and YouTube shorts to Disney classics and Pixar blockbusters. We watch, you listen. Find out what you can tolerate watching for family movie night, what to avoid altogether, and what you'll want to watch alone voluntarily. I'm Deborah, And I'm Katie. And I have three kids. Tony is 11 and Libby and Nate are eight. And I have two kids. Jay is six and Kenny is three. They're pretty adorable, aren't they? They are. (laughs) Sometimes. So we like to start each episode by telling a quick story about something awesome or occasionally awful our kids have done. Because in addition to being witty and incisive pop culture consumers, we are also moms too. So, Deborah, what have your kids been up to this week? Okay, I have a high and a low. Tony turns 12 on Halloween, and that's just right around the corner, and he has asked for a vaccine appointment for his birthday, which we were going to do anyway. My heart. I know. So that's imminent. I can't wait. And then all three of them... Remember how I taught them how to swear years ago? Mm -hmm. All three of them have been using the word piss regularly. And I am afraid that they are using it outside of our home. Okay, give me some context. Like, piss as in take a piss? I need to take a piss. (laughs) Coco just pissed on the floor. I mean, as curse words go, that's pretty benign. Like, if there has to be one they're spouting all over the neighborhood, I would take that. It's not It's not technically a swear, but it's so crass. I really hope they're not using it at school. I mean, at what age do you think you have to make the leap from saying, like, tinkled to saying something else? Well, maybe in middle school, that's where Tony goes now. Maybe it's better to swear. Like, maybe that gives you, means you're not a you're a cool kid or something I don't know but third graders shouldn't be using the word piss I hope they're not asking to use the bathroom <laughs> key pal pass so they can piss <laughs> I love that I think it as swear words go is perfectly appropriate and adorable <laughs> <laughs> how about your kids what have they been doing Uh, My kids are just really excited about Halloween this year. So every week from the school library, Jay gets to take out a different book and he's been taking out these really detailed like Halloween baking and Halloween decor and like Halloween craft books. So every night before bed, we've been reading about like different really intricate Halloween DIY projects. And as fun as it is to like read step-by-step baking directions to your child as if it's a bedtime story, I'm starting to get a little worried that he's going to want me to put my money where my mouth is and like actually do some of these crafts. And I'm not sure my skills are up to it. That is funny. I think it's Mindy Kaling who says that she really likes to read like diet books. 
for fun. I was just telling you how I like to read decluttering books, but I don't actually like to declutter. Yeah. So maybe he'll be satisfied with just reading about it. I'm hoping that I can like turn our Halloween prep into like a weekend long kind of house cleaning session. Mm. Like, oh, if we put all this stuff away, we'll have room to put up some Halloween decorations. It's clearly a pipe dream, but uh, I'm clinging to it for now. I think that's smart. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> so last week, we said, as we occasionally do, that we would both happily watch more episodes of Doogie Kamealoha MD on our own, if not with our children. And the real question is, have you, Deborah? I have not. Neither Partly have I. Because Sarah gave us the synopsis of episode three, and I had to watch all this stuff for our Halloween episode, so maybe next week. Yeah, one of these merry years, I'll just sit down and binge Doogie and the Mighty Ducks, and I'll be so happy once it's done. I know I will, but Mm -hmm. did not happen this week, sadly. (laughs) So I did not pick a Screen Time in the News article for this week's episode, mostly because I did a ton of Googling for Screen Time News, and it was just like the constant roundup of... Halloween content. So I thought we could take a second to talk about holiday-specific shows or movies and what place they take in your screen time routine. Like when the holidays come, whether it be Halloween, which I feel like is a big TV and movie holiday, or say Christmas coming down the road. Like if you kind of loosen your your restrictions because you know that like it's an important part of your holiday experience to watch something in particular yeah I think we loosen our restrictions especially on school nights around holidays um and some of the specials like the great pumpkin charlie brown like they're not that long right yeah how about you I feel like there's just so much new content this year in particular that like I almost have to to get through any appreciable amount of it by the time Halloween actually comes because we're Mm -hmm. busy on the weeknights too. We don't generally have a lot of time for more than like a half an hour of screen time. Um, So it's really the weekends where we would sit down and watch anything of any length and looking at these roundups there's a lot of new stuff out there to consider so I'm glad that we're taking some time out to talk about it today Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. since Tony's birthday is Halloween does he have like a Halloween show or movie that he likes to watch on his birthday every year I wish I like he's never liked scary stuff so I have tried to get my kids to watch like the Tim Burton oeuvre mm-hmm. and they are not interested at all and I consider like Coraline Nightmare Before Christmas to be like Halloween type stuff even that movie Halloweeny I don't know that's a Disney property I think Frankenweenie like little... you mean Frankenweenie <laughs> <laughs> I was like trying to place it I have actually never seen that one, but I do really like Coraline. Is that Tim Burton? 
Uh, it's possibly not. I am just talking off the top of my head. So anyway, to answer your question, though, no, we don't have a classic like Home Alone. We watch that every Christmas season, but we don't have a Halloween classic. Do you? We don't yet, mostly because, yeah, my kids are just coming up on the age where, like, it's okay to... Not that it's okay. Not that it wouldn't have been okay before, but I feel like they might be ready for slightly spookier content. So I feel like until they reach an age that's past just wanting to watch, like, the preschool episode of... Or the Halloween episode of whatever preschool show they like... Mm -hmm. Um, you don't really settle on something that's going to be a family classic. Right. Um, A lot of the articles I did come across were talking about how It's the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown, is going to be airing on actual TV this year, which I guess it didn't last year, and a lot of people were really upset because Apple has the rights to all those Snoopy products now. I remember that from last year. <laughs> what a controversy. I know. <laughs> well, we were even more all at home all the time last year, so we really needed the great pumpkin. Jeez, Apple. <laughs> <laughs> Should we move on to our spooky lightning round? I'm so excited. Listeners, what do you think of our lightning rounds? It's been about 10 episodes since our last one and our watch list. I feel like we add to our watch list every week and we only release an episode every other week so we can't get to it all. Um, Halloween is just around the corner so there were several spooky movies and shows on our watch list so we decided to do one episode focused on four different um, holiday Halloween themed shows. So we are going to talk about Adam's Family 2, A Tale Dark and Grim, Lego Star Wars, Terrifying Tales, and Ghost Rider. So I'm going to start out by talking about The Adam's Family 2, which was distributed by United Artists in the U.S. and Universal Internationally. It was released on October 1st of this year. You can watch it in theaters. I rented it through video on demand and watched it at home with my kids. So the sort of frame, the problem in this movie is like Wednesday is experiencing a lot of adolescent ennui. Um, And there's a question about whether or not she was switched at birth and who she really belongs to. Is she part of the Adams family or is she not? And the frame... For this search for her identity is a road trip and lots of funny stuff happens um cousin it is played by snoop dog <laughs> okay okay and he's portrayed as um i don't know like they go get him in miami and that's just a whole really funny setup because uh the dad and mom are on the beach and like Morticia is getting sunscreen applied to her with like a spackle. <laughs> oh, she's your spirit animal. <laughs> yeah, I found that scene to be really relatable. Uh, Wednesday is like sitting on the beach and there's a storm cloud right over her. Just like she, so 
everywhere else it's a beautiful sunny hot day and she's just in like her own little thunderstorm there's lots of funny stuff um there's like a beauty pageant at one point um, that has a very Carrie-ish ending, Ooh. which, I mean, my kids didn't get the reference at all, but I did. Um, there's all, there's like this B story where Fester is coaching Pugsley in dating. <laughs> um, there's all kinds of funny stuff. It was not scary. Like, the look is so gothic of the Adams family, but, and I don't remember the first movie very well, but the first animated movie very well, but it's not really scary. Right. It just has, like, the look of Halloween. Mm-hmm. And it's mostly comedy. So I thought it was super fun. I mean, with a caveat that I love the Adams family, and I watched the original like on Nick at Night or whatever when I was a kid. Um, Christina Ricci played Wednesday Adams in that live action film when I don't know we were like middle school mm-hmm. adolescent age, and I loved that so much. So I might be biased, but I thought it was great. So here's my question for you about the road trip premise. I feel like so much of what is appealing about the Adams family is their spooky manner. Did you miss it? Good question, because they take like this gigantic, it's like a cross between an, a hearse and an RV <laughs> on the road. Okay. So it just has like the same old haunted mansion look, just with wheels on it. Okay. and then another side story is like the grandma is house sitting so you do get you know the house is like a character of itself in the original show so you do get a lot of exposure to the house too I do love that the Adams family does exactly what you said like present a scary environment in a non-scary way I feel like there's more and more actual scary stuff being made for the tween early teen set than there was Mm -hmm. when we were coming up and I will admit that that's a bit of a blind spot for me Uh, but I love to see stuff that can be enjoyed seasonally and as something spooky that isn't actually scary yeah that's a huge plus for me like I don't really enjoy horror movies. I can't even look at American Horror Story advertisements in magazines. <laughs> I don't read any articles about Ryan Murphy. <laughs> I know. Oof, that impeachment story. Terrifying. <laughs> um, I mean, Clive so- Owen is Bill Clinton. <laughs> what timeline are we living in? so yeah i i appreciate a halloween themed product that doesn't actually scare me and was it a hit with your kids they liked it a lot yeah yeah and they had fun um kind of trying to figure out the ending too um so if you're if your kids like i don't know it's not like a super complicated plot but it's fun to figure out what's happening. Do you feel like kids any younger than your twins would be into it? Yeah, because there's 
you know, a lot of different levels, and there's just some funny physical pratfall type humor, um, which Uncle Fester and Pugsley provide a lot of that little kids who aren't so interested in like the intricacies of the plot would enjoy too. Awesome. Well, I have a sneaking suspicion it will pop up on our family watch this this month watch list this month for sure. Tell me about A Tale Dark and Grim. So A Tale Dark and Grim uh, was released on October 8th on Netflix um, of this year, and it's based on a 2010 book by author Adam Gidwitz. It's a story of Hansel and Gretel that is kind of like a framing device for telling the creepier versions of the fairy tales that we're all familiar with. This is a clear case of expectations being different from reality. And as a grown-up adult human being, I should be prepared for moments like this in my life. But I was a little bit sad by this experience. And I should clarify that that's not to say that the show was bad. Um, (laughs) But I do occasionally feel like this podcast just turns into a podcast where I promote other podcasts sometimes I just can't help it okay so you know I was excited about this show because my kids and I love the podcast that is done by the guy who wrote the book on which the show is based does that make sense Mm -hmm. yep okay that podcast really got us through the pandemic we listened to it a ton my kids are super into it each episode is like a discrete story a different fairy tale and they don't really connect into one another in a through line. Okay. And each episode of the podcast is explicitly told to children and you hear them inter or you hear them reacting to what happens in the story, which gives you a nice break from any tension that's going on, right? Mm-hmm. Like you'll cut away to a kid saying something funny in response to something scary that has just happened. So it's a nice relief of tension for the kids. Kind of like the grandpa and Fred Savage in yes, Princess Bride. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and they also are very clear at the beginning of every podcast episode to say, if this gets too scary for you, you can turn it down for a little bit and then turn it back up and continue on. You won't miss too much. It's okay. It's a perfect way to like tailor the experience to you. Mm-hmm. None of those elements are present in the television show, understandably, because it's a season-long arc about these two siblings, Hansel and Gretel. Not that it's like a super complicated serialized story, but it is a serialized story for which the visuals are important, and you can't easily cut away to tailor to your scariness level preferences Mm -hmm. fine as an adult but because I was so excited to experience this with my kids it was crushingly disappointing (laughs) when I discovered that in fact my six-year-old is not old enough for this yet nor of course is my three-year-old um parents I would caution maybe not until eight so I watched the first episode with them and it was it did not go well (laughs) I watched the subsequent two episodes by myself and so I was able to 
appreciate them for what they are uh, while not worrying about my children. And there are some great things about it. Like they really contrast the sort of grisly nature of the stories with like sort of a whimsical kind of pop-up storybook feel to the animation, which is really fun. Okay. It's often how they switch the backgrounds to show that time is passing. It really okay. looks like you're just like pulling different elements out of a pop-up book, which I found really appealing. There is an ominous character to even the most benign visuals like the sun and the moon in particular are very creepy uh, which is fun um I like too that even though they're fundamentally like dark stories the core is this brother sister duo and you can tell that they love each other at the heart of it and they're they have a fun rapport with one another and they're ultimately tolerant of one another's foibles and strengths and weaknesses in a way that I found really refreshing and a little bit relatable in this fun fairy tale world. So as disappointed as I was after watching the pilot, I overall give the show a thumbs up. It was fun to watch on my own. I look forward to revisiting it when my kids are older um yeah well I'm sorry that it didn't meet your high expectations (laughs) that is too bad but it sounds like it wasn't a bad show yeah and they definitely I don't I don't mean to imply that the show is all scary because they do what they can to introduce some levity the story Mm -hmm. is narrated by a trio of Crows, ravens, honestly, I'm not clear on the difference. Three big black birds. uh, And one of them is telling the story very seriously. He's like the pompous narrator. Mm -hmm. And another of them is like, are you sure we should tell this part? Is this appropriate for the children? Like, can we just stop here? Like, he's injecting the, this is too much for the kids, which I think would be a funny voice for kids that are slightly older because it's telling Mm -hmm. them that, oh, mom and dad don't want you to hear this. Um, And then the third bird is like, just give me all the nasty, gory stuff. I just want to hear the gross parts. So they're a really fun trio to, again, kind of take you out a little bit of the narrative and um, maybe give you that moment to breathe and think, okay, this isn't as scary as it's seeming. Mm -hmm. But I think probably Uh, not for Tony. (laughs) No, I think we won't be watching that with him. Maybe, <laughs> maybe his younger brother and sister. Um, so this just reminds me about a podcast that has, that I think is a successful to television transformation. And that's the song exploder podcast. I did not realize that they did a TV version of the song exploder. There's only like five episodes of it, or there were last year when I watched it and they're really good but I think it's just like a brilliant concept and it works brilliantly as a podcast and it also works really well as a tv show probably only a grown-up I don't know how I would interest my kids in a song exploder did you watch it with your kids uh no no I just because you were saying that the tale dark and grim podcast was so different than the show yeah I'll have to check it out is there an episode you would recommend 
I think it depends on who you want to hear about because there's so many different musical artists. So just pick one that you like. All right. All right. Well, sometimes the podcast, well, you know what? It's not even a podcast to show in the case of A Tale Dark and Grim. Like, this is my okay. own baggage that I'm bringing to it. <laughs> but sometimes the transition works better than others. It would be great if Netflix wants to make a grim, grimmer, grimmest show. Maybe mm-hmm. that structure will correspond more closely to the podcast that we continue to love. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that sounds like a good recommendation for this season. But I might check out the Tale Dark and Grim book because books are easier to like flip through and not scar children with images from. Right. Remember books, guys? <laughs> All right, so tell me about Lego Star Wars Terrifying Tales. I really want to like these Lego Star Wars specials. Oh, that is not an auspicious start. <laughs> I know. And this is very well, it's sort of a similar concept to the hall like the Christmas holiday winter holiday one that we watched last year I think but I just am not enough of a Star Wars head to really get into it I mm-hmm. think is the problem this one I thought was better than the Christmas winter special um, so Poe Dameron and BB-8 go tour a it's called Castle Vader it's a hotel in Darth Vader's old castle, and a descendant of um, Jabba the Hutt is re- trying to recruit Poe to be a spokesperson for the hotel, like a celebrity sponsor okay. of the hotel. And then there's, as they tour it, they get three spooky tales. There's a tale of Kylo Ren. Um, there's a tale of dueling monstrosities. Um which involves Darth Maul, Sidious, General Grievous. And then there's a third tale about a Wookiee's paw, which I have to say, like, the big reveal, they open this, like, container that has the Wookiee paw, and it's like a furry wrist with a Lego claw. (laughs) And which I just thought was so funny. Because, of course, it's Lego Star Wars. Of course it's going to be a Lego hand, but I, for some reason I just wasn't expecting it and I was completely <laughs> delighted by that detail. Um, and all of the Lego Star, Star Wars products have, like, this self-referential humor. Like, there's a lot of sar- sarcasm and, like, sort of funny asides and insidery jokes, I feel like. So this had that. If you like that type of humor, you would like Lego Star Wars, uh, Terrifying Tales. And then I thought this was a little bit actually scary because the spooky music associated with soundtracks to scary movies was had that effect on me. I did feel like a sense of dread (laughs) and then there were some special effects that were worked uh to be pretty scary like characters would be kind of normal and then all of a sudden they'd have like glowing red eyes and appeared like demon possessed so this was actually scarier to me than adam's family too was okay so i don't know if you have little kids that aren't 
super into scary stuff, I maybe fast forward through those scenes or just be aware. Where would you put it on the scary scale? Because it is animated. So like, what do you think? Like scarier than your typical Scooby-Doo episode? I would say it's probably equal to Scooby-Doo. Okay. Yeah. Overall, though, it's 46 minutes long, so it's not a huge time investment. What did your kids think of it? I watched it when they were at school. Because <laughs> I would be curious where it would fall for Tony, because he's your, like, less scare-tolerant kid. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think kids would like it, especially kids who are super into Star Wars and, like, know everything about that universe, which my kids do and I do not. I feel that Star Wars for me is rapidly approaching Marvel level saturation to where I just don't see a way that I can catch up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There's just so much content. Yeah. I'm curious about Ghost Rider. I am so excited to talk about this. So listeners, if you've been following us on social media, you know that I only recently got an Apple TV Plus subscription and I'm trying to milk it for all it's worth because you know, uh, every subscription adds up. Um, so I was checking out their kids content and I saw that they had a remake of the classic Ghost Rider series. Uh, and I was really curious and it's not brand new this year. It's a show that's got two seasons and it started in 2019. So I know we've been talking about new content and there is a lot of new content. Maybe this doesn't exactly count, but I still really wanted to watch it. So, <laughs> so I did. Um, like I said, it's a revival of the classic 90s Sesame Workshop show, which I actually did not watch. Did you watch it? I vaguely remember it, but if I did watch it, I don't have a good memory of it. Yeah. They've done two seasons now. They haven't confirmed whether or not they're on board for a third season. I will tell you, it gave me some serious Hunter Street vibes. Do you remember when we reviewed Hunter Street? Oh, I liked that show. I love mysteries. And I'm always looking for a way to, like, hook my kids into that love as well so I can groom them to be mystery lovers with me as they get older, right? (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. And I feel like this is a perfect entree. It has a great, spooky kind of color palette and vibe the whole concept is like this band of kids is kind of being directed by a ghost that's not exactly scary but what the ghost does is it kind of unleashes the characters from a specific children's novel into their real world and the kids have to like figure out how to get the characters back into the book I watched three episodes, and it looks like they have an overarching mystery for the season, which is who is the ghost, and then they present everything else in, like, two-episode chunks. So each book is kind of, like, wrapped up in the course of two episodes. So I guess I've made it through one and a half of these um, adventures so far, and the first one they tackled was Alice's Adventures in Wonderland, and the second one that we're in the middle of now is The Jungle Book. These are both very classic novels. I kind of wish they maybe would have stepped outside the box a little bit because they are being made now. I haven't taken a look at the book list to see what they tackle in future episodes, so maybe they do. But with refreshing something for a modern audience, I kind of wish maybe they had chosen something without the 
disturbing colonialist overtones of the Jungle Book, say. (laughs) Yeah. But tonally, the interactions between the kids feel really genuine. The ghost is spooky but not threatening. I am loving it. And even more, I am loving that Jay, my six-year-old, is loving it. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, I... It really, it's a live action show that is spooky but not scary. And that, for me, is exactly what I want for the season. Nice. It sounds a little bit in your initial description like Gossip Girl, like the original Gossip Girl, like a disembodied writer. Oh, like, yeah. Influencing the lives of young students. <laughs> uh, a little less risque than that. Um, <laughs> I will say from a grown-up watching standpoint, the connection that is made between the lessons learned by the character in the classic novel and the lessons learned by our core group of kids, it's very one-to-one. It's not a super complex plot. I know when we reviewed Hunter Street, like that was a a mystery that like we genuinely didn't know where it was going. Mm-hmm. And yeah, at this point, I don't know who the ghost is, but... I do feel like the progression of things in Ghostwriter is a bit more simplistic. But that being said, I am thoroughly enjoying it. I'm looking forward to continuing to watch it with at least Jay. Like, Kenny likes it for, like, the cute... I mean, the white rabbit shows up in the first two episodes. Like, he's he's on board with stuff like that. But obviously, he's three. He's not following a complex plot like this. But mm-hmm. I was really pleased and I'd actually be interested to hear listeners if any of you did watch the original if you have any thoughts on this remake um because people were passionate about this show I just it just slipped by me as a kid are the actors anybody recognizable I did not recognize anyone no so what streaming services do you have right now are like did you give anything up to get apple tv (laughs) Your face does does telling me no. I should have. Um, No, right now, gosh, what don't we have? Uh, Let's see. We've got Netflix, Hulu, Paramount Plus, Apple TV Plus, Amazon Prime. Okay. I think that's it. Oh, and we have PBS Passport, but does that really count? You just get it for donating to PBS. Okay. That reminds me, I think we need to maybe cancel our trial of paramount plus um we do not have apple tv and i was going to cancel hulu but now there's a bunch of good stuff on hulu yeah it's so hard like i mean i think it'll be a real reckoning once this um oh how does the acronym pronounce once this iatsi strike goes through Mm -hmm. and uh we start getting less original content it'll be a real real moment to call perhaps yeah but i don't see a reason to keep paramount plus for their kids content right other than for the we got it for the paw patrol movie right 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 we don't watch anything on there with the kids yeah same i should check that out well i mean i don't know if if our trial is over or not but before we start getting charged and then um do you have hbo oh yeah but i we have it through normal cable so i just don't really think about it as a streaming thing but yeah Okay, rundown really quick of other new Halloween shows. I think we've got some new Scooby-Doo content for Halloween. 
Uh, there is a new Muppets Haunted Mansion on Disney Plus that I'm really curious about. Is there anything else that's on your radar to watch for Halloween with the kids? There was a show that I saw on Disney Plus called like The Ghost and Molly McGee. Ooh, what's that one? Uh, tween optimist Molly McGee and a grumpy ghost named Scratch become bound to each other when one of Scratch's spells backfires. Hmm, that sounds fun. That sounds really cute, yeah. I just feel like this Halloween has been a big one for new kids' Halloween content. It's exciting. So listeners, let us know what you're watching and whether you think we should cover it. Maybe not all the way next year, but we can watch spooky stuff after Halloween. That's fine, too. (laughs) I mean, I know I'll be eating the leftover candy for at least a month afterwards. (laughs) What's your preferred Halloween candy? Oh, so... Libby and Tony have peanut allergies, which is terrible most of the time. But on Halloween, if they get like Reese's Pieces, we uh, take all the peanut candy and eat it ourselves. (laughs) (laughs) And we'll like trade or like buy it from them so they don't just have to give it up. So that's like my big Halloween treat. Jeremy and I get to eat like all the peanut rolls and those kinds. It's things that we we never eat any other time because we don't have peanut stuff in our house very much. How about you? I'm a sucker for anything with chocolate and caramel. I'll take that over peanut butter. Like, give me your milk duds. Mmm, those are so good. Yeah. Yeah, I want to feel the fillings being sucked out of my teeth. <laughs> Are you dressing up for Halloween this year? Oh, gosh, probably not. How about you? Um, I think we might. It's a very big thing down here for people to just, like, set up card tables in their driveways and, like, hang out there all night Well, kids go trick-or-treating by. So Kevin and I might dress up. We might just put on our Renaissance Fair stuff because it counts as a costume and it's what we have laying around and we don't have to replace it every year yeah that sounds fun it's usually cold here which makes dressing up to go walk outside not that fun yeah we have the opposite problem (laughs) it's like well your costume can't have too many layers you'll get too hot (laughs) it's a real turnaround from the days of can I fit a snowsuit under this (laughs) yeah I remember the year my little sister was Jasmine from the original animated Aladdin. (laughs) And of course, it has the bare midriff, but she really did have her ski jacket on underneath. (laughs) That is really a Midwestern moment right there. Thank you for listening to this lightning round episode of It's My Screen Time 2. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcast or your podcast platform of choice. Check out our website at myscreentime2.com. You can find us on all the socials, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and even on Gmail at myscreentime2. Go ahead and send us your show or movie suggestions, article recommendations, or general comments about the show. We love to hear them. Our theme music was composed and performed by Deborah and her adorable children, and our podcast is produced by me, Katie. Tune in next time for more real talk about the movies and TV beloved by kids and tolerated by parents. Happy Halloween!